first question I want to ask is, what prompted you to get into this report? So we were doing, uh, we were looking just for fun actually at a couple of um, data points that we were, um, sorry, can I, can I start over again? I'm, yeah, you sure. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so let me, we, let me ask the, let me ask the question. Yeah. Again, Tom. The first thing I want to ask is how did you get into this report? So this story grew out of a, just a little bit of downtime that I had while I was working on a tool that tracks the net prices and sticker prices for schools across the country. And I decided to just look at uh, which schools would be hitting a mark just pretty arbitrarily of $100,000 in total cost per year and worked on a way to project out costs uh, for schools across the country based on their total costs and ended up with four schools in the nation that were going to hit the $100,000 per year mark um, within a, a relatively short amount of time. And that spurred a whole story on basically why tuition is inflating across schools in the country and so what, what some of the reasons are for it and what some of the effects are of the, the strategies of tuition inflation. What were those four schools at 100,000 or more? So the first school that's projected to hit it is University of Chicago. The next schools that are going to hit it are the uh, Southern Methodist University in Texas, Harvey Mudd College in California, and Columbia University in New York. And one of the things that I noticed is Grinnell College in Iowa is, is scheduled to, or at least projected to be at 90,000 in 2025-26. So Iowa's inching up there as well. Uh, so it's a big issue for some liberal arts schools, especially ones that have the ability to be pretty selective and have enough demand for students coming in. You know, Grinnell is has an acceptance rate of about 29% in 2017. Um, and so they are able to get a lot of students that are going to be paying at these higher sticker prices. What that ends up happening is that schools like Grinnell use these inflated sticker prices to then run a lot of price discrimination below the, the top level income um, of students coming into the college. So you're able to control a lot of your enrollment through offering financial aid packages. And your report gets into that, this difference between sticker price and net price. Can you explain what the difference is there? Sure, so what we're talking about, first of all, is the total cost of school, not only tuition and fees, but room and board, books, other expenses of living on campus or off campus. So once you have the, the total cost, which is considered the sticker price, according to federal data, you then subtract out all of the grants that are being given to a student, whether it's state, local, federal, or institutional grants, and then that gives you your average net price for a student at each individual school. Um, and then that is then broken down by income brackets. What we are seeing when you have a school that has increased sticker prices but was also discounting a lot is we don't know who's not applying to that school. There's been some research that shows that students who see a high sticker price 
are then totally dissuaded by from applying for it. And one of the one of the interesting things that we go into the piece is that um, there's a a, a researcher um, out of uh, Iowa State University who looked at the um, looked at the colleges that have high sticker prices um, and found that a lot of the um, a lot of the the enrollment trends that you might expect where low-income students and minority students would be encouraged to apply and be enrolling in these schools are actually just being concentrated in schools that are not doing the discounting but have low sticker prices to begin with. Students are going to be able to take a look for themselves with a tracking tool that you've developed. Tell us a little bit about how that works. So Tuition Tracker has been around for a few years at this point. We we started it as a uh, collaboration between Dallas Morning News and the Education Writers Association. We then took it over and now we are working on doing more of a projection for the coming academic year for students in order to be a little bit more helpful for students who are actually trying to use this tool to pick colleges based on price. Um, some of the issues that you have with, say, the college scorecard data, which is the federally provided um, school tracking tool that gives a lot of information about sticker price, is that it goes back to historical data for to provide the information to students. So we're, for those tools, um, the ones that are provided by the government and other ones that are provided by some nonprofits, um, they are using only historical data, whereas we've looked at ways to project out the data up until 2020 and 2021. So students can go into the tool and add um, up to six schools and then compare these schools based on the, the expected net price that they would be paying and the graduation rates at each individual school so that they can understand what the success rate is of graduating within a reasonable amount of time, um, which is a, a big cost factor. It's not a perfect system. It's a pretty conservative one in terms of how much we're trying to predict the, the um, changes that are coming, but we decided to be as transparent with it and just say we're going to, to look at the average annual growth rate for these schools and just assume that the 10-year the average annual growth rate is going to continue across the next few years. And then if, um, if there are uh, resets that they're not going to be, they're not, we're not going to be able to predict it in a, very, a much more clever way. But the, we're going to be looking at these projections in the next year once the next round of sticker prices come out. That will be for 2020, or excuse me, for 2019, 2020, and see how well we did with the projections. And then we're going to you know, continue to refine the model um, and see where we go from there. What problem are you trying to solve for students and prospective students? A lot of the tools out there, and, and you kind of come into this space looking at ways of both illuminating the issue of their, the difference between sticker price and net price, as well as giving students this an actual tool that they can use to make decisions on college pricing. And you look into these tools, and a lot of them 
will be on these delays based on the, the delays in federal reporting for data. So let's say a student wants to go to school and they're planning on going and enrolling in the 2020-2021 academic year. Before our tool comes out, they would be going to something, say, like College Scorecard or even the, the previous iteration of Tuition Tracker. And you show up on the page for the school and it shows you the sticker price for 2018-19 and the net price for 2016-17. So, yes, you are giving students the, <clears throat> the data about what students like them have actually paid in the past but you're expecting them to be making these really abstract calculations about what the what a say $21,000 a year net price actually means in 2021 based on a a four year lag of data so really we're not trying to to go in and provide a way for students to be able to set a budget or anything like that, but we are trying to, to get them to think about what these schools would actually cost once you have factored in the, the tuition inflation, once you factored in the increasing costs um, across the years of, uh, the intervening years of the, from when the historical data stops and from when they're actually going to school. So the main takeaway for students and people, parents, for example, who read your reporting, what would that be? When you look at these schools, I think that you, I think students are probably already doing a lot of this work by themselves. They're already being told to look at net price calculators for schools. They're already being told to look for, um, for grants and institutional aid. They're, they're already being told to go to states and find out what the merit and need-based aid programs are that they'd be qualifying for. I think the biggest takeaway from these, these the work that we're doing here is that the, this is the, the way that the, the higher education system is, is set up. And the, what you're going to have to do is do a lot of um, work just sorting out some of these schools and and trying to figure out what the what the actual cost is going to be and the actual value of the education is going to be once you've gone behind the the bells and whistles sort of of all of these tuition discounts. Peter, thank you. Thank you.